Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to Opposing the Matrix. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this uh, format is going to take a little getting used to. We're we're living in a travel trailer right now, um, temporarily, and uh, things are quite cramped. Um, I've got two dogs sleeping right at my feet here, and uh, anyway, so. Brian was supposed to be here tonight. Um, he's got some things going on in his life he needs to take care of. So um, it's just going to be me and you, folks. Uh, Brian will be back at another time, maybe later this week, maybe next Monday. But um, any of what we were going to talk about tonight, which is totally different than what we're talking about right now, um, I want to talk about authoritarianism. Uh, we see it coming down big time in Germany, uh, to some degree Italy. Uh, but what you don't see is the people that are fighting back. There are a lot of people fighting back, and uh, that's a good thing. It really is. It's a very good thing. And uh, it's the only thing that the uh, force only understands force. Okay? That's all there is to it. Yes, there is a way to turn things around peacefully, but... Uh, as we see with the um, the, uh, the case with Christianity, <laughs> it took a lot of persecution, uh, centuries of persecution, and uh, still things didn't come out right, but they came out better than we thought expected. And uh, anyway, so that's where we're going here. But uh, hold on a second. I got to have this stuff tonight. Uh, I don't like it when I yawn on uh, on the air. And they did that the other night, and I just kind of felt bad about that. Anyway, uh, I want to look at what's going on in Australia, okay, and pose the idea to you that it could happen here. And even show you that in some degree it is happening here. Not to the degree that it's happening in Australia, of course, but you know, every little thing starts with something, okay? Uh, you and I started when um, a seed and a sperm came together, <laughs> you know? And now a lot of us are billions of cells, okay? Uh, so everything starts small, and especially things that are bad start small. Uh, not saying that we're bad, you and I, uh, but... Uh, Generally, when bad things happen, they start out small, kind of like, hold on, kind of like a, um, a fire, forest fire starts with one spark, you know, or can start with one spark. So we're going to take a look at what's going on in Australia. But first, I want to take a look at, because I said it could happen here. Well, <laughs> I live in uh, the People's Democratic Socialist Communist state of uh, Oregon and uh, it'll remain that way until some more, more conservatives move here or or the um, the liberals all die off because they took the shots and that's a possibility another thing that bothers me folks right here is I'm looking I gotta look down to look straight at the screen and my camera's up there so uh, I hope that doesn't bother you. It's, it kind of annoys me, but, you know, a lot of things annoy me. 
But uh, anyway, the 6th of December, 2021, we're going to talk about uh, Australian America and authoritarianism. Okay. I know I said that already, but sometimes it helps to repeat things. Um, had some interesting, before we get going here, we had some interesting um, replies or comments, I should say, to last, uh, I did a show a couple nights ago. And if you're going to, folks, if anybody's going to write to me and tell me I'm wrong, give me a reason why. Okay. Don't just say you're wrong. You know, it's, to me, that's like a little girl on the playground. Yeah. Uh, you, you're wrong, you're bad, nah, 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 nah. you know, and then they run off. They don't tell you why or anything else. Anyway, um, some guy had, uh, uh, I don't know, there was, there was like two or three comments. Um, one guy had said that the uh, the vaccination, not the vaccination, it's not a vaccination, uh, the uh, death jab is uh, the mark of the beast. And basically told me they didn't know what I was talking about. And that I had made a comment in the um, last week's or last the show, last show I did, but um, that um, the uh, mark of the beast will be a choice and it will be, it might be the wrong choice uh, for the people that take it. And it might be the right choice, but the right choice many times is, is, um, is persecuted and, uh, and killed, <laughs> you know, uh, when the wrong choice is, uh, those that promote the wrong choice are in power. So yes, it will be a choice. And if you look at that scripture, he, he causeth all, uh, the, the Greek word cause cause for causeth. I, I can't remember what it is right now, but, um, it actually has nothing to do. There's nothing there that says forced. If you look at all the definitions that that word is, could be, could be used for nothing says forced. Okay. And, how do I put this don't you think that God would honor a person not taking the mark because they made the choice not to take it you know if if a governmental authority say the beast or whatever his government's going to be called were to say well we're going to give it to the people that we like and we're not going to give it to the people that we don't like Okay, that wouldn't be a choice. Okay, um, and it wouldn't really be honorable to to Yahweh because it was a situation that didn't enable you to make a choice in the matter. You weren't going to get it. Okay, but if you're ordered to get it, and you say no, I'm not doing that because I believe in Yahweh. I believe it's wrong. It says nothing to do it in Scripture and. Um, and I want to do what's right in the eyes of God, Yahweh. And so you don't do it for that reason. That's that's an honorable thing in God's eyes. Okay. Um, okay. And then we had another thing. Uh, some guy. Another thing. If you if you write to me, don't write in this new age vernacular, where you isn't Y O U. It's you, and you are is you and R. Okay. The letters U and R. Um, I'm sorry, it's not correct English, and I will honor those who write in correct English with a response, whether I agree with you or I don't agree with you, and uh, I will still respond. But um, some, I don't know who he is, but 
decided they were going to write in that manner. And I'm like, you know, but, you know, I, I addressed it. When he wrote back, I understood what he was saying very clearly. And I says, you need to write back in a clear and concise manner. You know, had you done that, we would have never had this argument about how you wrote. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, let me see if that works. Yeah, that works better. Okay. No way, my head's not cocked to the side. I moved the mic to the center. Okay. Oh, and I got another letter from somebody. I know that the, the last show that I did, I talked a lot about the internet connection or lack thereof. And, but you got to understand without the internet connection, this show is dead. Okay. So an internet connection is very important to this show. And if it's disrupted and I'm not on the air, I want to tell you folks why I'm not on the air. And I might, I might give you a little progression of how things um, went from good to bad or bad to worse or whatever. So if you don't like me saying stuff like that, um, the door is over there, you know, and, and you can leave. Okay. That's your choice. You can leave. Okay. I'm giving you a choice. Um, and, and you would have that choice anyway, whether I gave it to you or not. Right. So there, there's a perfect example of the beast of the mark of the beast and whether it's choice or forced. Okay. All right. Another sip here. I don't like when this stuff gets warm or cold. Okay. So what I want to start up by doing is reading an article from Channel 8 up in Portland, uh, the People's Republic of Portland. Keep Portland weird is their motto. It really is. There's a sign up there. Keep Portland weird. Um, and that says a multitude of things to me. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. Um, and then I'm going to, we're going to talk about it for a minute or two. And then we're going to go into all these videos I want to watch. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. Oh, I don't know whether to, here we go. We'll just go with this article here. This is an article from Natural News that are just basically talking about the article that was on Channel 8. They even take a, um, a video from Channel 8. We're not going to watch that because I don't have it on the same Google tab, which is something that's important for this. Anyway, Oregon considering permanent indoor mask mandate and latest insane medical tyranny move against human civilization. Boy, isn't that right? Perfect title for this article. All right. Uh, it came out Monday today, December 6, 2021, and again by Ethan Huff. I like Ethan Huff. He's, you know, I'd like to take him out and buy him a cup of coffee someday if he's ever in the area. I really don't drink, so I can't buy him a beer. I guess I could. I just drink coffee. Anyway, tags. COVID, dehumanization, fascism health freedom, indoor mask mandate, lunatics, boy, that's true, masks, medical fascism, medical tyranny, obey, organ, outrage, pandemic, permanent, pandemic, and tyranny. Okay. And then there's a picture of a mother holding their child. They're both wearing a mask. It looks like they're heading into a medical facility. Okay. So, again, natural news. Uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown is considering making the state masks mandate permanent 
in order to keep the Wuhan coronavirus, COVID-19, and its endless array of variants from spreading. And that's basically what the article said, folks. Um, a local news report, you can watch the segment below, which you won't do, explains that the plan now, the plan now that the Omicron, which is, again, is a, um, a variant word um, for moronic, if you take the letters around, it comes out moronic. Anagram, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, Omicron variant has arrived and is potentially, and is to potentially keep masks on Oregonians' faces forever. Genevieve Ruemi, an Emmy awarding, an Emmy award-winning KATU reporter, revealed on Twitter that indoor masking in Oregon is likely to stay here to stay, based on what has developed in the state in recent day, in recent days. Now, let me add something. Um, the state, supposedly 73 or 74% of the people were vaccinated here. And the deal was that things would get relaxed when people were vaccinated. So this is just a power play. Anyway, today at OHA Oregon, that's Oregon Health Authority, uh, worked with stakeholders like those in the restaurant industry, business associations, and etc. Um, to discuss making the current indoor mask mandate permanent, Rayo May wrote in a, in a tweet. Yes, it may sound alarming, she said. Here's what, here's what you need to know about it. The current rule is temporary. It can't be placed in place for more than 180 days. Making the rule permanent allows the state to keep the rule. The rule can be repealed. Um, rules and laws. Okay. Rules are rules and laws are laws and laws are not rules and rules are not laws. And uh, so if you break a, a rule, do you break a law? If, especially if it's not a law, it's just a rule. So something to think about. Okay, subtitle, is Oregon become the most tyrannical state in America? Uh, will it actually happen? Knowing th how things usually go in Oregon, the answer is probably. Even worse than California and New York, Oregon currently leads the pack among the blue states for having the most tyrannical restrictions still in place some two years after the Fauci flu first arrived. Oregon also has a vaccine mandate that's being pushed on everyone in the state. Uh, some who work in the public sector, including firefighters and officers, have sued the state over the mandate. As beautiful as the Pacific, Pacific Northwest is, the branch Covidians, I love it. Fit infest many areas of standard of tyranny and egregious government control. And here's the quote. I'm in a small town on the Hood Canal, approximately 50 miles from the capital of Washington state. And I am only, I am one of only a few who doesn't wear a face diaper, wrote one commenter at, the, at one of the news uh, websites reporting on all this. People, again, a quote, people are completely freaked out here wearing masks outside in the rain and wind. I had a couple of people put a cloth over the, over their mask as they walked by me in the rain the other day while I was walking my dog outside. The same commenter went on to explain that in King County, Washington, where Seattle is located, all businesses now require a vaccine card to be pre presented in order to enter the building. 
I was the only one at Thanksgiving with my extended family of 24 people who was not vaxxed. Everyone else was bragging about it. My own mother won't speak to me because I refuse to take the vax. Try that one off her size. Another responded to this commenter's commenter explaining that masks do not even work to stop the spread of the disease. It's all just fear mongering and hysteria based on an idea rather than a sound science. All of this has become very political and there's no science here, this one person wrote. Stick to common sense and do some research. The jabs are not vaccines. That, which is obvious. Other commenters pointed out that making the indoor mask ma mandate permanent is akin to wanting to make tyranny the norm. Any pol politician or bureaucrat who supports it, may, many added, needs to be removed and permanently banned from office. Why would anyone voluntarily live in that concentration camp? Another wrote, referring to Oregonians. Please don't come here to Florida. <laughs> We don't need you, nor do we, or your stupid ideas. More of the latest news about the Chinese virus, mass tyranny can be found at fascism.news. Very interesting. Um, living in Oregon, I found that different areas uh, act differently. Uh, when we lived up in Lynn County in a little town of Crawfordsville, um, well, there was only one business there. And, you know, everybody has on their door, you have to wear masks, okay? And, and that's fair, you know, but there are many places where you go and you just walk in. I mean, I walk into supermarkets and there were people that wore masks and people that didn't. And everybody was happy with each other. Nobody was, you know, castigating the other one for not wearing a mask or for wearing one. Um, and basically it was almost like we were free again, um, except for the reminder of the mask. Uh, but then when we moved and we're in Southern Lane County now, <laughs> Lane County is uh, after uh, the county that Portland's in, um, it's probably one of the most liberal counties, but down in this area, it's not that bad. But still, people are, you can't walk into a store anywhere around here without being told, sir, would you wear your mask? You know, and <laughs> it'll laugh. We went to uh, Walmart yesterday and, and a few days earlier too. And, um, now, before that, he walked into Walmart. The guy had, it was so funny to watch because he had masks there. And he was taking a pair of tongs like he would use in cooking. And he would pick up the mask with the tongs and hand it to you. I wanted so bad just to touch that pair of tongs with my fingers. Anyway, I didn't. Um, so what I would do most of the time is act like I was putting it on because there's a steady stream of people going into that Walmart. And he's not really watching me. And, um, you know, I printed it, I put it on, and I stuck it in my pocket. And uh, people were looking at me, but I really didn't care. To tell you the truth, I'm tired of all this garbage. Another sip, please. So, um, anyway, we go to go in there uh, the last time and the time before that. I walk up to the guy, and he's got nothing on his little podium there. And I said, now, where's my mask? And he goes, well, we ran out, so go ahead in. You don't need one. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so if I don't need one when you run out, why do I need one when you have them? <laughs> you know, it's like, and uh, he kind of agreed with me. You know, he's like, a lot of people, most people, I would say that I run into anyway. Now, there are moronic um, liberals out there that 
um, would would argue with this, but but most people think that this is stupid and it's gone gone on enough, you know. Uh, and most people want it to be over with and gone. And it's just a shame that too many people don't want to talk about it, you know. Uh, they don't want to rise up and, and write a letter or say something uh, that maybe might get them in trouble. So um, that's really a shame that that happens. But uh, anyway, uh, so depending on what area in Oregon you go. Now, if you go east of the Cascades, um, they're all conservative over there mostly, except for Ben, which I understand has kind of turned libtard recently. But uh, most of the towns and cities over on that side of the state are, are very conservative. And they'll probably tell you to go stick it if you ask, if you know, if you, if you wear a mask there. Um, anyway, so let's look at, um, I think that's all I wanted to say about the mask stuff. Um, you know, even people that have taken the vaccination who thought it was a good idea are now realizing that they're not going to go any further. I talked with two people this week, two different people, different families and everything. And said, you know, are you going to continue with the shots? And the one said, no, nah, we're not going to because the way they make it sound, it's just going to be one shot after another shot after another shot. And they don't want to do that. And the, and the second person said basically the same thing. You know, they've had enough and that's it. So anyway, there's going to be a bunch of people who are not on the hit list who will be on the hit list pretty soon because they're not going to comply with the um, with the boosters. So. And what's really weird is that I've noticed that lately there have been a few articles all over the internet, actually, and they say that um, getting the Omicron may, because it's such a mild case, may actually help you to build up maybe the vaccine, who knows. take anything you know it's um i got enough things going on health wise i don't need to get any sicker okay so let's uh let's go here and i go you know what i gotta do i gotta switch hold on okay here we go oh dang it you know i made a mistake folks i'm gonna have to Oh boy. Um, how do I do this? Maybe I can get rid of this. Hit share again. There's a little thing I didn't. I Right down there. I know you can't see what I'm talking about, but there's a little check mark. It says share tab audio. And if you don't do that, you're going to be watching this. I don't do that. You're going to be watching a silent movie and I don't want you to watch a silent movie. Okay. So. I got to pick that one. No, I don't. I want to pick that one. Okay. And it's still share. So okay. All right. So let me go back up here. Hello. Okay. Show this on the screen. Now we're cooking with gas. Go back over here. So this is a video. It's kind of short. It talks about how the... Australian police visited the home of this guy 
uh, because they found that he had posted something that like being being at a uh, anti-COVID vaccination rally somewhere in Australia, and they picked it up on Facebook, and now they're visiting him. So uh, it's happening here, folks, and it could happen here. So let's watch and see what's going on here. And as always, we have to wait the seven seconds for uh, Rumble to get things going. Do you agree that you put some posts on Facebook? Does this look familiar? Yep. Did you put this on Facebook? Yep. So the question that's been raised is, were you there? Oh, I'm... No problem. Yeah. <laughs> is that you? Or... No. Were you there? Well, does it matter? Yeah, you're handing me on... back to work saying I've sent a photo. I'm not handing you anything. I'm asking a question. Well, you've got the photo, don't you? I've... So... That doesn't, you've to put a photo on Facebook, doesn't yep. actually confirm whether you were there or not. So I'm asking so you, you So there. if I say no, you're not going to give me the paperwork? You're going to go home, are you? There's no or? paperwork here to give you. This is okay, my Okay, so what are we here for? Are you here to serve me? Okay, or? what part no, did, no, no. no. It's intimidation. Yeah, I know. It's here. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's loserish. It is like sad. I'm doing what is this humanity? Where are we going in life? You've got the cops coming have... around here to tell me that I've been in a protest no, six months ago. To ask you if you have been. Yeah. Well, who gives a fuck? How ago. illegal is that? Which part? Going to a protest. Why are you guys here? Because Why is the police on my doorstep? Burning foul language. Yeah, Why? Black Lives Matter protests fucking two weeks before that. Yeah. Yeah, was that illegal? Are you knocking on their doors? Maybe. No, you're not. You're not. So, <laughs> it's clearly, it's clearly so immature. Why are you working for this corrupt government? What are you guys doing? Who are you serving? Are you serving us? Or are you serving the corrupt government and health officials? They want no good for you. you They're not there for you. Were you there? What? Were you there? You, you can answer my question, can't you? No, we can't no, that's, answer that's Well, I won't answer that. Okay. I'll just no comment it. Alright. Like, what? What are we here for? Well, what part of when what I... What the fuck do you oh, want from me? What did you understand when I first told you why we're here? Well, you're asking if I'm at a protest six months ago. Yes. Yeah. I don't recall. Been, I do been, not recall. We've been asking I don't recall. I'm sorry. Because a crimes anonymous... I don't crimes recall. Report. I don't recall. Right. Well, then we'll end the conversation. Unless yeah. you want to say anything else. Go ask Andrews. <laughs> What's your reason for breaching the show direction? I was, what, are you, what are you talking about? I don't recall any health directions, mate. I don't watch that bullshit on the TV. <laughs> I love it. The cop says, are you, why are you using intimidation? <laughs> they show up there like they're going to arrest him. And he, he asked the guy, why are you showing intimidation? <laughs> I'm sorry. This stuff just makes me laugh. You know, and um, you've probably seen it on police cars all over the country. You know, it says stuff, something like protect and serve. And the guy had a good point. He says, who are you serving? You know, you're not serving me. Are you serving the corrupt government? And it's like, the whole world is turned upside down. It um, it makes the American Revolution look like uh, nothing happened. But the, uh, this is crazy. It really is. Uh, have you been on Facebook? Did you post this on Facebook? Who, who the heck cares? Uh, I apologize for the bad language, but I got to warn you folks that there's a couple of videos in here that were, it might even be worse. Okay. So if that offends you, you might want to uh, either shut it off or, or go down where the end of the videos are. If, if there's going to be much content there, I don't know. Um, so um, I'm sorry. I just, this makes me laugh. It's like, 
what were they going to do if he said he was there? You know, uh, I don't know. That's crazy. But, uh, it, you know, somebody once made the comment that Australia started out as a penal colony and now it's turning out to end like a penal colony. Uh, and it's sad because the Aussies are nice people. They're wonderful people. It's just that they, they have a corrupt government now and, and you got these schmucks that are working for them. And, and uh, anyway, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Okay, inside an Australian quarantine camp. Unheard interview. Okay. This lady here was taken to uh, Australian COVID concentration camp. She's going to show you what it, or tell you what it was like. Okay. Um, I have only seen a little bit of this video, so um, I think we're both in for a treat here. So here we go. The dreaded silence. It's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you're in prison. You feel like you've done something wrong. It's inhumane what they're doing. Like you, you are so small. You, they just overpower you and you're literally nothing. It's like you do what we say or you're in trouble. We'll lock you up for longer. Yeah. They were even threatening me that if I was to do this again, we will extend your time in here. Hello and welcome to Unheard. I'm Freddie Sayers. Australia, and recently that country is most famous for its sunshine and relaxed attitude. Well, since the COVID pack hit, we've all got to know another side of Australia. With some of the longest and most stringent lockdowns and travel restrictions in the world, it's become a case study of what happens when a government will do anything to keep COVID numbers low. Their latest policy is to build special camps, COVID internment camps, to which infected and suspected infected people are moved. The biggest of these camps is called Howard Springs. It houses up to 2,000 inmates, surrounded by tall fences and carefully policed against attempts to escape. It's been described as the gold standard of such camps and is being replicated across Australia. Joining us today on the line from Darwin in the Northern Territories is Hayley Hodgson. She has just returned from a 14-day, let's say, stay at Howard Springs, and she's agreed to tell us all about it. Hi, Hayley. Hi, how are you going? So we are really keen to just hear what's happened to you. It sounds like you've had quite an interesting last couple of weeks. Take us right back to the beginning. How did this all start? Okay, so how it all started was um, a friend of mine went to work and got tested for COVID. He had a little bit of a cold. He tested positive. He got put into this quarantine camp um, and then we went about our days as normal and then the investigators starting to knock on our doors and stuff like that. Um, so then what actually happened was I had investigators come. I walked out the front of just, just to interrupt you, so how did they investigate you? Were, were you part of a contact tracing kind of List or? So what they, what they did is how they contacted me was I have a scooter and they ran my number plates and they ran the number plates and seen the footage that I was with the person who had tested positive and that's how they knocked on my door and knew where I lived from running my number plates. Okay. So then do they call you up or did they come straight to the house or what happens next? 
Yeah, so they came straight to my house. I didn't get a call or anything. I literally walked out the front and it was two undercover investigators. And they said, oh, do you know so-and-so? I said, yes. They said, had you been with them? I said, yep. I told them my whereabouts, where I'd been, everything like that. And they said, no worries. And they said, had you had a COVID test done? I said, yes, I had when I had it just because I was so scared of in the moment and I've been to one of these quarantine camps before, only literally a month before this. So I know what it was like. I was just really scared. It was just a horrible position to be in and I just I just lied and said, look, yeah, I have when I had They said, you know, they, they drove off. About five minutes later, they called me and they said, we've tried to check the system and your name's nowhere. We can't find you. And I said, look, I've lied to you. I'm completely sorry. I, I'm so apologetic. You know, I'm I'm scared. I don't want to, you know, this is just such a scary thing. Um, and they said, yep, righto, stay there. Someone's going to come and test you. I said, all right. So I stayed there and I just waited for someone to come and test me. No one came to test me. The next people who rocked up at my house were two other police officers. They blocked my so driveway. These are, these are actually uniformed police officers, normal yeah. police officers. So then the police officers blocked my driveway. I walked out and I said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you're getting taken away and you have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs. Um, you either come with us now um, and we'll put you in the back of the Divi van so, or you can have a choice to get a COVID cab. So, of course, I chose the COVID cab because they said, well, if we're to take you, we're going to um, hand you a $5,000 fine. So, of course, I didn't want that to happen. So I just said, look, I don't consent to this. I don't I don't understand why I can't just self-isolate at home like a lot of other people are doing. Um, and they just said, we've just been told from higher up where to take you, and that's all that there is. So Howard Springs is the biggest COVID camp in Australia, isn't it? It's a huge yeah. network of cabins that is built to house potentially infected people. Yeah, so they are literally bringing in now hundreds of people that are of close contact or that have COVID. So it doesn't even matter if you test negative on your first test, your second or your third. They need to, because you're a close contact, you have to stay in there for 14 days no matter what. So let's get back to this situation at your house. So the, these two policemen, what is the give you exactly? It's come with us in this van or yep. you get a $5,000 fine. Come with us, we take you there and you're given a $5,000 fine or we will call a COVID cab and right. we will not fine you. So it's pretty much you have to consent, otherwise you're getting a $5,000 Okay, so then the COVID cab arrives. Yeah, it was probably the policeman stayed at my driveway until this cab came. They said, can you please go pack a bag? So I went and packed a bag. And whilst I was packing my bag, I had my housemates at the front speaking to them. And they said, is she able to just do a test? And once that test comes back negative, is she able to, you know, leave and come and come back? To normal life and they these police officers said yes we're pretty have to do is return a negative test and you'll be released so that gave me 
you know, that calmed me down knowing, okay, well, if I return a negative test, I can just go back home. So I got in the COVID cab and the police... I think we've got some footage that your mum took, actually, that we can play of you waving goodbye and getting into the back of the van. I've just um, come and she's, she's being taken away. But look at the COVID van. How professional. Long live COVID. <laughs> that is a COVID taxi, but it's actually a casino bus. So driving there and then the police, police escorted me in and then I never seen them police again. They left. They weren't allowed into the facility. So then new police came and they they were in charge. Obviously, I was very distressed. I was crying. I was saying, this isn't fair. You know, it was just horrible to go through. And I I stood there and I just said, can I please have a test now? Because I need these test results back as I will be negative. And I, I later on, I was negative. The whole time I was there, I was negative. Um, and I said, once these go negative, am I allowed to leave? And she said, no, you're here for the 14 days. So the and first I time stayed. you found out that you were there for 14 days was when you arrived? Yep. Okay, so you, you, you get taken to a room, is it? A cabin? What's, what's life like inside these camps? You literally get put on the back of a golf buggy with your bags. And these people are in hazmat suits and everything. They, they don't want to come near you because they think you're infectious. And they literally drop you to your room. And they leave you. They don't come and say anything. They don't check up. They don't do anything. You know, you get delivered your meals once a day and you are just left. I know you're allowed to talk to people. I mean, we could have, have you spoken to people from inside the camp? We can, but we're only allowed to stay in our designated areas, which is nothing, maybe two metres. Um, we have a, a deck that we're allowed to go out and maybe get a little bit of sunlight, but that is it. If you get caught off your decking without a mask on or anything, um, you get a $5,000 fine. And then that, that happened to me, so I didn't get a $5,000 fine. I got ri- a written-up warning, which is I actually sent you guys some footage on that as well. Yeah, so tell um, us about what we're about to see here. So this is these are the officials inside the camp who are disciplining you because you were apparently not being contained within your area is that right yeah correct so I went to the bin to put something in the bin that I was not wearing a mask mind you I actually have an exemption I don't need to wear a mask I have a medical condition Um, and the person that came to hand me the notice was another police officer so, so what's what's the go? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand above and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, righto. And you definitely can't go up the fencing right. So you're allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's what's obvious, yeah? So if I was at that balcony... So there's, we always, there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense or it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line, and that's what the law is, there, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? The law. What, well, a show direction. There's a law that says that. Direction, yep, there's a show direction, yeah? And how the behaviour must be done, especially in this area, because it's 
much more highly infectious. And a lot of people have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. So, so far, the risk is still very high, yeah? yeah. Just while you're here, can we just do that? Otherwise, the next time it's a $5,000 fine. We don't want to do that. It's a $5,000 fine, $5, fine if what? If, if you breach again. If if I walk out onto that path. Without your mask on, if, with no reason, I if I cross that yellow line. Saying that you've broken the rule. That I've broken the rule, I will be issued with a $5,000 fine. That's correct. Right. Okay. I could. We could. Like I said, I'm not here to fight with you. Yeah. I don't want to fight with you. Yeah. I just want everybody to do the right thing, and yeah. unfortunately, it's my job to make sure they do. I don't care. The ins and outs. Yeah. got nothing to do with me. I'm just here to make sure the rules are there. Yeah. yeah. So, what did that experience make you think? Like, what what was your feeling about being in that situation with those people in control of your every movement? Oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you're in prison you feel like you've done something wrong it's inhumane what they're doing like you you are so small you they just overpower you and you're literally nothing it's like you do what we say or you're in trouble we'll lock you up for longer yeah they were even threatening me that if i was to do this again we will extend your time in here so the the officers within the camp have the power to keep you there longer if you misbehave that's what they were saying, yep. And at one stage, is it true that they offered you Valium? Yeah, so because I was so distressed and I said, can you just please let me out for a walk or a run? Like I'm in this little box and I can't move. Can I please, I'm, you know, I'm anxious, I'm feeling not well, just I need to get out. And they literally said, we've got a doctor calling you and we'll get some Valium prescribed to you that you can call us anytime you like and you can have Valium. Just to calm you down. Yeah. So when did this end, Haley? You were in there for the full 14 days? Yeah, correct. Yeah, 14 days. And that was a few days ago that you came out? Yeah, I think I've been out a week and a half now. So during that whole time, how many times were you tested? And did you ever test positive? Never tested positive at all. And I was tested three times. So at the moment, you haven't had COVID. Never had COVID. And I was of close contact to someone, never got it, and I was treated literally like a criminal. What's happened to you since you came out? I no longer have a job as I was casual at where I was working, so I am now unemployed. So you were um, working at a, in a store or what? How did that happen? Yeah, so I was just working in a retail store. Um, obviously, casual, you don't get paid any sick leave or for being away from your job. So um, I wasn't getting paid or anything whilst I was being in there. They compensated me, I think, $1,500 for the two weeks. Um, and, and that was all. So you've lost your job? Yeah. Now currently unemployed because of this situation. There's been a lot of press in Australian media about how these camps are really luxurious and it's like, having a holiday. Did it feel like a holiday for you? No, no way. You are literally trapped in a box on your decking with fences all around you, um, cameras everywhere. Like it is, it's just astounding. Like you're literally treated like a prisoner in there. So let's zoom out a little bit, Haley. 
you've been living through this for the past couple of years. What is happening, do you think, to to Australia and to your country? Well, it's it's so it's so hard. It's like people aren't, you know, we just abide by the rules and we're just going with the flow. But this flow doesn't seem to be getting any better. Like, you know, we have hardly any numbers, and they're doing this to us still. It's just it's just crazy. I originally lived in Victoria, Melbourne where it was really, really bad and we we had lockdowns. We've been in lockdowns for months and months. And the reason why I moved to Darwin was to get away from that because Darwin wasn't as bad and the lockdowns weren't happening. So once I moved up here, it was all it was all fine. And then that one case happened and it it's just crazy. Like they locked the whole state down um, and just sending heaps and heaps of people there. Because this, obviously, Darwin is the only place that has this quarantine camp in Australia. Because in the international media, it's been reported that Australia is kind of relaxing a bit, or at least the rules about international travel are relaxing. They no longer plan to have zero COVID. They're going to understand that they need to manage it. Does it feel like it's getting better over there? I think every state is different. Um, at the moment, Darwin is really, really harsh with it, with what's going on and stuff. I think other states are are relaxing as more people are getting vaccinated. Um, but the unvaccinated people who choose not to be are just looked at like prisoners and that they're doing the wrong thing. So what are you going to do next, Hayley? What, what comes next for you? What comes next? Well, find a job. That's definitely... Um, and really want to get awareness out to what is going on. Like these camps are getting built all over the world. I know there's another one getting built in Victoria at the moment. And as I said, it doesn't matter if you're not vaccinated. One, you know, you have one dosage of the vaccination or two. It doesn't matter your vaccination status. You can get sent to these camps if you are of close contact, like I was, um, or if you lie to authorities, as, as I found out, because I said that I had a test when I hadn't, and then I found out later that um, I was in there for punishment. Who told you that? CDC, Centre Disease Control. So they, I found so they say that your sentence, your two-week incarceration, was actually punishment for having said you got a test and, and when you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Where when other people were of close contact and they were allowed to self-isolate at home, where there was probably about 10 of them and I was the only one that got sent there. And that's what I was saying. Like, it doesn't make sense. Why am I the only one here? I, I want answers to this. And that was the only time that I got an answer is when I rang CDC and they said, yeah, there's a high chance that you're in there for punishment because you lied to authorities. At any stage of this process, did anyone tell you your rights? Have you had any contact with a lawyer? Has there been any kind of legal process? Nothing. I've had nothing. I, um, yeah, literally, it's just, it's so hard. No, no one really wants, nobody knows. That's the thing. So it's like you're on your own in these situations and, you know, you just left. That, that's all. Like, there's no help when you're in this camp and there's no help when you're out of this camp. Like, it's just you do your time <coughs> and we'll leave you alone. That's all there is. So we've heard that people have been trying to escape this Howard Springs camp in the past few days. What do you know about that? Yeah, I did hear that I think three people have escaped. I don't know if they've found them yet. Um, But, yeah, they have escaped. 
And, and do you understand why they would do that? I mean, give us a sort of summary of what your mental state has been like during this period and, and what the whole experience has done to you. Oh, trust me. When I was in there, I was thinking, how do I, how do I escape? But, you know, what are going to be the consequences if I do and if I get caught? You know, it just it's an ongoing thing. Um, oh, your mental health, it's just... As I said, like you're in a box, your mind's just going a million miles an hour, you feel horrible, you feel, yeah, it's just horrible what they're putting people through because you feel like you've done something wrong when you haven't. You All you were doing is going about your normal life and you were close contact with someone who was ill. That's all it is. Hayley, thank you so much for telling us your story. No worries. Thank you for having me. That was Hayley Hodgson. Thanks to her for telling her story. She joined us from Darwin in the Northern Territories in Australia, telling us about her last two or three weeks, which have been, to say the least, quite unusual. And let's just remember that this is a person who has not had COVID, even now. And here she is, she's lost her job, and she's just spent 14 days in voluntary incarceration. Raises, I think, some quite important questions about what the end goal of all this is. Thank you to her and thanks to you for joining. This was Unheard. I think that was kind of interesting how it was payback for her lying. <laughs> it's like usually a judge is supposed to take care of that. You notice she wasn't read her rights. I don't know what they do down in Australia, to be quite honest, but uh, she didn't have her rights read to her. She uh, she found out later why she was in there. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. It's just, it's uh, it may be coming to a, uh, COVID camp near you folks. That's all I got to say. But we have to, <clears throat> one thing that I, I know, um, back in the, I think it was the 1980s, um, the Australian government said that everybody had to turn in their guns. And Australians, for the most part, are very um, law-abiding people. So what did they do? They turned in their guns. Um, and look what they're paying, the price they're paying now. There's no way that they can resist. No way whatsoever. Uh, back in the, uh, during the Cold War, especially when both countries, uh, the Soviet Union and the United States, had so many nuclear weapons, there was something called MAD, and that was mutually assured destruction. They would not attack us, and we would not attack them, because we knew that the ultimate result would be neither would exist anymore. <laughs> okay? Um so that's why one of the things that kept uh, a nuclear attack from occurring, I mean, it was a rough time to live. You know, it's, I remember thinking every time that there was some kind of escalation between the United States or some argument between the United States and, and Russia or Russia and the United States, you know, you'd wonder, is this going to be what sets it off? You know, um, when uh, Reagan went in or sent the troops into Granada, you know, and then, uh, then the Can oh, Canadians, sorry, the Cubans were uh, involved because they were down there fighting against the American and Cuba's allied with Russia. You know, we were all wondering, is this what's going to set it off? Because it almost set it off back in 1962 uh, with the Russian missile crisis, the Cuban missile crisis, excuse me. And uh, so I used to joke around. I used to say that if there ever happened, I was going to drive out to Travis, you know, if I knew ahead of time, of course. And I was going to stand on, on the flight line and try to catch the thing when it fell. 
And I, and I, then I added, yeah, it would probably be the only dud <laughs> and uh, I would be killed. The only one killed. So um, th- that used to be funny back then. I don't know how funny it is now, but um, anyway, so uh, what do we hear now? We, we hear in Australia, we had the one guy that, you know, was approached by two officers at his own home because they found out from Facebook that he'd been at a protest. My goodness, you and I and anybody else who has posted anything to Facebook, we, we better be careful because it can be held against us someday. Maybe. Um, I don't think it's going to get to that point here in the United States. There's so already so many uh, lawsuits. There's so many people fighting against this garbage, you know, that I think it's going to work out for, for the better. But um you know, that, that remains to be seen. So, but the things that are happening in Australia, maybe a, um, a harbinger that we better look at really carefully and uh, and closely and figure out what we must do if something like this starts to happen. Okay. Anyway, let's go to the next one. Let's see. Oh, okay. Actually, we don't need to watch this because we just watched it in the last video. So let's move along. Okay, now I'm going to warn you right now, there is a lot of cussing in this, okay? A lot of F-bombs. So if you want to, maybe turn the sound off while it's playing and then come back. Or if it offends you that much, maybe you want to leave for the rest of the show. Who knows? But um, just want to warn you ahead of time, a lot of F-bombs in this uh the scenario is that uh, these people have been put into a hotel, uh, a COVID hotel, basically for, um, I want to say internment, um, for being exposed to or testing positive for or whatever for COVID. And the one guy that's living next to the guy that's in the frame right now, he uh, he goes a little nutso. <laughs> starts punching and kicking walls and everything. And, and the guard starts yelling back at him. He even threatens him that he'll be gassed if he doesn't stop it. Now, what do you mean by that? You know, are they taking dissenters and putting them into ovens like they did in Auschwitz and, and other internment camps or concentration camps back in uh, Nazi Germany and the surrounding area? Or is he just talking about, I'm going to throw a, you know, tear gas in your room or whatever. It's not quite clear, but both scenarios could be possible. So let's go ahead and watch this one. We're going to have the usual seven seconds of silence as uh, as the commercials uh, or the choice of commercials uh, passes by. And then we'll watch. And uh, again, warning, <laughs> strong language. Go. He's going out his door. He hears a commotion. Jeez. I'm 
Sounds like a guard has anger issues. <laughs> He's saying he wants to go somewhere where the walls won't cave in. Poor guy. So it sounds like they want this guy to stay here longer. Which is concerning for me because stayed here for 14 days. for these guys. This is shit. This is hotel quarantine. So he's supposed to be at 12 o'clock midnight. Well, I reckon he's been here two weeks. This is out of control. This is police quarantine. This is shit. This is totally shit. Poor guy. Fucking hell. People go crazy in hotel quarantine. I relate to it big time. Fuck. You obviously know there's a guy going off his head. Listen, why is he going off his head? Is it because he's supposed to be let out and you guys haven't let him out? Can someone call me? Can a doctor call me? Because I find this really disturbing. Hi, there's a guy going off his head. You obviously know that. There's a guy going off his head upstairs, he's punching walls. Yep, can I ask why he's he doing that? Is he supposed to be released from police quarantine? Yeah, but... Jeez, okay, bye. Fuck.
these, my next door neighbour. I don't think he's having a good day. But I heard him say, I'll say it again, that he was supposed to be released. And this is what I get worried about. I'm supposed to be released at 11.59 on Tuesday night. And he's still here. And I reckon I'm scared that after spending 14 days here, 338 hours, in one room with no air, and then they tell you you can't leave, I reckon I would go off as well. People can't understand the insanity of hotel police quarantine when you can't get any fucking air in here at all. It's madness. It's absolute madness. And you have, what do you have, seven tests in here? Like he's negative COVID. I feel for this guy. He's surrounded by police. All right. That, as they say, takes care of that. Well, it appears what this guy says is true this guy here that the guy his next door neighbor is being held longer than he was supposed to be held and that's just it when you have it when you have the authoritarian have power over you they can make the rules you know it's like um there was a, a picture i saw not too long ago it was um, a picture of anne frank and it said the people that protected anne frank were breaking the law the people that killed her were obeying the law. So uh, all you have to do is have some judge or legislative authority change the law. You know, um, Jews used to be welcomed in, in uh, Germany, um, right at the beginning anyway. And uh, over the years, they were hated, hated more. And then all of a sudden, they, sub they declassified them as humans and uh, started to reckon them more as being with animals, uh, animal species. And um, when you dehumanize somebody, it's easy to kill them because you're not killing a human, you're killing an animal. Okay, and that's what the guy next door to this guy basically was. He's becoming an animal because he's going to his basic, basal instincts, a flight or fight, he's choosing fight, okay? And... Um, and this guy's worried that, hey, you know, if they kept him, they're going to keep me. You know, and uh, when you lose your rights like that, you know, incarceration without um, uh, without being tried and, uh, and judged by 12 of your peers is, well, you know, you could argue that he was, jail is the same thing before a trial. But um, still, you, you committed a crime when you go to jail for the most part or they suspect you of it. Um, here, the only crime is that he was exposed to somebody that was sick. You know, where's the crime in that? But uh, like I said, with authoritarianism, all they have to do is change the rules. So, look at the, uh, we talked about Oregon earlier, you know, um, with the forced mandates for the masks, you know, um, possibility if, in 2022. Uh, where's the law for that? No, it's a mandate. A mandate is not a law. A mandate cannot be enforced like a law. And yet it is. So that's why I'm glad the sheriffs in this state are sticking together and coming against this garbage. So uh, that that's really very encouraging and, and I'm happy about it. All right, let's see what's next. 
Okay, this is real. Australian Army transferring COVID cases to quarantine camps. Uh, here in the United States, they can't use the <clears throat> the Army as a police force. <clears throat> there was a law um, which was, I think, suspended by Obama or Clinton. I can't remember. No, it was Bush. Bush suspended it uh, called uh, Posse Comitatus. Basically, it meant that you couldn't use the Army as a posse. You couldn't use them as a police force. Um, nowadays, well, look at the what happened with the uh, Branch Davidians in uh, in Waco. You know, those are army vehicles outside there, army tanks, the whole nine yards. Oh, well, they were National Guard. Well, the National Guard is a division of the army, no matter what you say. That's why they can never be the militia, as the militias uh, explained in the Second Amendment. Okay. Uh, you know, well, yeah, but they're 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 not. They're not under federal control. Yeah, well, how come some of them got drafted, not drafted, but got called up and sent to Iraq to fight with the army? Yeah. The federal government can use them anytime they want. Therefore, they are federal troops, okay, and should not be used to quell the population, so to speak. But uh, anyway, it's here in the States, but. Um, in Australia, I guess that the uh, the army can act as a police force. Um, although when they do it here, it's illegal. Maybe maybe it's illegal in Australia too. Okay, so this it looks like it came from the Sean Hannity show, but um, I don't know how long this is. I think it's well, it's a few minutes anyway. So let's look at this. This is um, some official in Australia, and I'm sorry I don't know their officials. Um, saying why these uh, drastic measures are being taken. So here we go. Four, three, two, one, go. It's been a long and difficult night for a lot of people, none more so than the residents Whoa. of Binjari. Hold on, folks. As was reported last night. Let's uh, Let's try this again. I tried to make the picture bigger. Oh, there we go. And it jumped somewhere. <laughs> and boy, did it jump. And now I can't make it bigger for some reason. So let's see. Maybe I can do it when it starts. Okay, here we go. It's been a long and difficult night for a lot of people, none more so than the residents of Binjari. As was reported last night, there were nine positive cases detected from Binjari yesterday following the testing blitz. There are four females, a 23-year-old, a 38-year-old, a 39-year-old, and a 78-year-old. The five males are aged 17, 18, 21, 31, and 47. They are from different households. We think six in total. Their vaccination status has not been confirmed yet. The 78-year-old female was at Catherine Hospital with symptoms and she was transported to Royal Darwin Hospital overnight. The other eight cases have all been transported to the Centre for National Resilience overnight for monitoring and care. Some have existing health conditions. There have been no new positive cases in the Territory since last night's update. There are 3,005 tests processed in the Territory in the last 24 hours. The positive cases in Binjari are very concerning, but not surprising. As I flagged with you yesterday, this is something we were expecting based on the wastewater results. 
What's more concerning is the evidence of substantial mingling between households in Bidjari, as well as mingling back and forth between Bidjari and the nearby community of Rockhole, which is about 130 residents. These communities have very... i got to stop this for a minute because, folks, to hear what he said, he said that the, the wastewater results. Okay. So what does that mean? Uh, were people exposed to wastewater? Was there maybe a flash flood and the toilets backed up and wastewater came out in other people's houses? If that's the case, folks, and everybody that's working in a waste treatment plant is at grave danger. <laughs> because if the virus can be acquired in fecal matter and in pee, uh, that makes it dangerous. That makes any hospital worker that goes into a bathroom um you know, granted, they're all gowned up and everything, but that's just an extra little thing that they have to worry about, you know. Um, that's that's kind of serious. And that's a little tip off there. Maybe what maybe one of the next um, uh, mandates is going to be, you know. And and here's a here's something for you, if that's true. Um, the guy that the, the head doctor for the uh, Oregon Health Authority um, is a stout little man, or stout big man, I guess, um, who um, is homosexual in nature. And if it can be passed through fecal matter, then that's an extra um, that's an extra problem for the gay community. Okay, because obviously that's the the avenue that they choose to find their pleasure. Uh, and being that, it's it can it can cause a lot of problems. Um, geez, I don't know. Um, anyway, let's let's proceed with this. That's just kind of a what's up or a um, you know something to dwell on or think about, try to figure out. Very strong personal and family connections. It probably helps to think of them more as one big household rather than a lot of different households. For these reasons, we do expect the numbers in Bijari and probably Rockhole to increase. Okay, did you hear that? <laughs> Since they all live in the same neighborhood, they're all members of a big household rather than individual households. Okay, which means that they could come in and, well, in Australia anyway, and maybe even here in the future, if your neighbor that lives down 15 houses down the street, well, let's just say five houses, came down with COVID, they could come and take you away because you only live five houses away and it's assumed that you guys are visiting one another. A lot of assumptions going on here. Okay, something else to watch out for. I've got an uncooperative mouse. Here we go. And they may increase by a lot. We have to be prepared for that. As you know, last night we took an urgent action to escalate our response in these communities, immediately implementing a hard lockdown. That means residents of Minjari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their home. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or if required by law. Yes, these are strong measures, but the threat to lives is extreme. An expanded rapid assessment team was deployed to Binjari and Rockhole last night to help with the hard lockdown begin the contact tracing work and provide as much support as possible to residents. This includes providing food and other essential items to residents. The effort undertaken by our teams last night 
and the cooperation of Binjari and Rockhold communities was nothing short of phenomenal. I want to especially mention the Worley staff member Peter and his team who facilitated this last night. They were exceptional. Thank you. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to House Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We've already identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, and that number will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. I contacted the Prime Minister last night. We are grateful for the support of about 20 ADF personnel, as well as Army trucks, to assist with the transfer of... ADF, Australian Defence Forces, the Army positive cases and close contacts, and to support the communities. We are doing an assessment today of what extra resources we might need from the Feds, and the Prime Minister is ready to help further. I thank him and the Australian Government for that. Exposure sites will be updated on the website as the contact tracing continues today. We'll also keep testing and doing vaccinations in Mijari and Rockhole. We did 29 vaccinations in Rockhole yesterday, 27 were first dose. I'll give you an update on wastewater now. Apart from Binjari, there is still positive wastewater in one Catherine catchment, the Bicentennial Road catchment. That's the area around Acacia Drive, McFarlane Primary, the police station, the industrial area. That's the area around the highway out of town, east of Catherine. It also includes the Walpree Town Camp. Given we have removed the positive cases identified in that area, it does concern us that we're still getting positive readings there. That means it is likely there is still a positive case or cases in that part of Catherine who have not come forward for testing. If you live in Catherine, particularly that part of Catherine, Catherine East, please get tested today. We only had 221 tests in Catherine specifically yesterday. There has been an emergency text alert sent to residents in that area this morning calling for them to get tested. We're sending more resources to the Catherine East pop-up testing clinic today, and we will be doing door-to-door -door testing in Walpuri. There are 11 other catchments in Catherine, and they are all returning negative wastewater results. Yesterday, I told you about a presumptive positive that was detected in the Marlow Lagoon catchment. The second test has come back negative. That is good news. The close contact numbers now stand at 385, an increase of 30, and it will go higher. 11 close contacts are yet to be located. 314 negative results have been returned so far. We've identified five additional close contacts in Borolula that had not previously been known to us. They have all tested negative and they are being transferred to Howard Springs. What has become clear to us, based on the level of movement that's been happening in some communities outside of Catherine, is that there is a real risk that the virus has ceded to other connected communities further away. Given this risk, Today, we are issuing a mask mandate for communities in the West Daly and Roper Gulf local government areas. This includes the communities of Borolula, Barunga, Beswick, Daly Waters, Mataranka, Pine Creek, Minyeri, Nooka, Numbawa, Yarralan and Karkarindji. Everyone in West Daly and Roper Gulf, masks are mandatory. That means residents are required to wear a mask when outside their home if they are not able to keep a distance of one and a half metres with people they don't live with. That's where we stand this morning. Concerning developments in Binjari, but pretty encouraging news elsewhere. We will make a decision on the broader Catherine and Robertson River lockdown tomorrow morning, once we can be a bit more confident that Binjari is contained. At this stage, there is very little chance of Binjari and Rockhole exiting any form of lockdown in the next few weeks. For the rest of the region, I said this yesterday, and I want to repeat this for Catherine residents. If and when the lockdown ends, it won't go straight back to normal. 
it will be a transition out of lockdown. That most likely means that we'll go into a lockout footing. So fully vaccinated Catholic residents will be free to work and move about, but residents who are not fully vaccinated would have to stay in lockdown for a little longer. That is the scenario we are hoping for. That is what we are working towards. But as I said, we will keep working today and be able to make that call tomorrow. Just one final point. I want to remind everyone who has yet to be vaccinated, but particularly Aboriginal Territorians given our current outbreak. It's too late for the vaccine when you've got COVID. It's too late when you're in hospital struggling to breathe. It's too late to get the vaccine when you're hooked up to a ventilator. The vaccine won't save you then. Robertson River is a high vax community. And after more than a week of testing, we are at seven cases with a larger population. None of them are in hospital. Binjari is a low vax community. And we discovered nine positive cases in one day and one is already in hospital. Binjari has a smaller population than Robinson River. Please get vaccinated. Once you catch the virus, it is too late. We need you to get the vaccine now before you catch the virus so you can stay safe, stay healthy, stay alive. Oh boy, what a bunch of bovine scatology. The vaccine doesn't work. They've proven that. I guess maybe down in Australia, they don't get the news or something. Um, but one thing I found pretty interesting is he was talking about the Aboriginal people or the Aborigines, the, the native people of Australia, um, who have always been kind of um, second-class citizens in Australia, um, always seen as um, stupid, as, uh, you know, you talk about bigotry. <laughs> Australia is full of it. But anyway, um, I've heard stories now several different times about Aborigines that have been held down and forcefully vaccinated. Okay. Talk about, a, a, you know, your um, abuse of rights or your lack of civil rights. And again, it has to do with they, the, the white Australians in many cases do not see the Aborigines as people. They see them as savages or, you know, primitives. Uh, maybe even subhumans or prehumans. Um, and thus, since they've had their identity taken away from them and ascribed a, an identity as being, um, you know, less than human, uh, it doesn't bother people to hold them down and inoculate them because, you know, we're not talking humans here, according to what some of the Australians might believe, the white Australians. Um, so anyway, let's conclude this video real quick. And Thank you. Well, that was quick. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, that concludes our, our video time. Yeah, let's see. Here we go. So, folks, it's... Um, it's... It's a shame what's going on in Australia. It really is. It's It's sad. And yes, Australia is not the United States and the United States is not Australia. There are many things that I think Australia is still part of the Commonwealth of, um, of England, actually. And um, hence, they're under the protection of England and hence, they're still under sort of um, under the dictates of the English, the British people and, um, and the Queen, of course, and even though they have their own government. That's weird. I don't understand it. 
and I don't choose to understand it, but, um, you know, we have our Bill of Rights, we have our Second Amendment, our First Amendment, and all the other amendments to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, I said, and um, and we try to abide by those, and we try to make sure that others realize that we have to abide by those, and and it seems like those are slipping away, but <clears throat> I don't know. I just hear more and more cases of people re rebelling, saying, no, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And um, <laughs> there's a video I want to play so badly. <laughs> and uh, it, it's uh, from Network back in the 1970s, where the guy gets on television and he, he urges people on all around the country to, to stick their head out their window and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking this anymore. And maybe that should be our theme. Maybe that's the the new theme that we're supposed to go by. But um, anyway, Australia, like I said, they took away their guns, so they don't have any way to fight back. Um, and the police, from what I could tell, seem to be pretty corrupt down there. Um, police in this country, just a bunch of them left in mass when, uh, uh, you know, they were ordered to, to comply with COVID. Uh, and the sheriffs, a lot, of, a lot of the sheriffs in the United States have said, no, we're not going to force this stuff on people. So um, there is a different, there's a different attitude. Uh, there's a, a perception of freedom that's different in Australia than the reality of freedom or once once had freedom uh, in this country. So um, will this country ever go the way of Australia? Not without a fight. And uh, see, the one thing that, that ruined the lives in this is that we, we had Donald Trump for four years. And I know some of you don't like Trump, you don't agree with him, but you got to admit he gave the liberals a run for their money, okay? And uh, he scared a lot of them, and he continues to scare them because he keeps threatening to come back. Um, I'd love more, nothing more than to see him come back and for there being mass arrests and everything else and uh, from my lips to God's ears. But, um, yeah, speaking of God, I think we need to, again, realize that everything that's going on has been written already, has been done. And from God's perspective, Yahweh's perspective, it happened even at the same time that before the world was founded. Uh, we, it's very hard to understand living outside of time and space because we were born into time and space and We've lived it all of our lives. and um, But at the very moment that he created heaven and earth, heaven and earth were finished. I mean, at the, at the beginning was the end, and the end was the beginning. <clears throat> and it's hard to wrap your mind around it. I really know. I know it is. But, you know, pray about it. Think about it. Because if you do, you can understand it. Okay. And that's why, you know, we get into this whole Calvinist or Arminist thing um, where, you know, it's once saved, always saved, or you have to um, keep earning your salvation. And uh, uh, predestinated as opposed to the Arminist who thinks that, you know, you can lose your salvation. That's a bunch of bull hockey. You can't lose something that God gave to you. Because if you accepted it, then it's the the agreement has been fulfilled, the uh, covenant has been established. Okay, 
And even if you decide not to honor that government covenant, covenant, he will honor it. Okay. And he's been doing that since the beginning of creation, honoring his covenant when mankind wouldn't, when the Jews wouldn't, when the church wouldn't. Um, so I don't, I don't give up on Yahweh and he doesn't give up on me. So, but I do believe also that there's a scripture that says, no one comes to me. Jesus, Yeshua said it. No one comes to me unless the father draws him. Yes, he did come. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not come into this world to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. Okay. And a lot of people use that to mean that all of humanity has the chance to be saved. And technically they do. Okay. But I do believe that there are people that are born with no chance to be saved. Okay. A lot of you are raising your eyebrow now, huh? What is he saying? Because people won't be saved and Jesus didn't come to save the world. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. And now whether the world receives them is a different story. Okay. Remember there's covenant. There's agreement. There has to be two parties to every agreement. Okay. However, geez, I'm trying to think of a, an instance where a covenant would cover some people, but it wouldn't cover others. Um, I was going to go with driving, but when a person gets to a certain age, they're allowed to drive. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Everybody has the, well, the government would say privilege to drive. Okay. Their privilege is given to people through the legislative authorities of every state and, and the country itself. And, um, yes, everybody has the, let's just say has the right to drive. We don't have rights, but to do that, but, but a person that was born blind, although he has the right to drive, can't drive because if he did, he'd end up killing a bunch of people. So it is established that blind people cannot drive. Okay. And it's a, it's a fact. It's, it's a law of nature that blind people, it would be dangerous if they drove be foolhardy too. But <clears throat> so there are some people that are, that are born into this world without the ability to be saved. Judas Iscariot, the Bible says that he was born under perdition. Perdition means he was born to be bad, he was born to be rotten, and he was born to be disobedient to God and not accept the salvation. And if I'm correct, if I read my scripture right, he was also the one that was trying to make a cover, uh, make the um, the zealots come to Yeshua and Yeshua to the zealots, so that they would incorporate him to overthrow the Roman government. He didn't come for that reason, so it never happened. But uh, so there are instances where a person can be born into a situation where they have the hope of doing something. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a cheap example. Okay. But it is an example, the blind man. Um, so it, it does say several places that were, that some people are predestinated or predestined to be saved. And 
the fact that no one comes unto the father unto the son unless the father calls them that that's a scripture right there it's very very telling to me okay okay so anyway um where i was going with that is that um everything has that's happening and will happen and has happened was written before it before the world was ever in other words, I hate to say it was kind of like a script because it makes God seem like a, a taskmaster or a, a producer, you know. But everything was planned that is happening. And I, I get a kick out of people. Well, yeah, well, what if the devil does this? Well, if the devil does it and God allows it to happen, then God can has either written that into the script already or he will use it. Well, that doesn't make any sense because he's written it in already. But he will use bad things to receive glory, okay? Because he'll straighten it out usually. And uh, so realizing that Yahweh knows what he's doing, of course, has known what he's doing from the before the foundation of the earth and in the universe. He... We should, sit, we should sit and rest and know that whatever happens is meant to happen. That doesn't mean that we don't take action in things, okay? Um, there was a, a schmuck um, that we went to church with years ago, and uh, we had a men's group, and this was down in um, in Sacramento. And I have a good friend there, Eddie Roper, and he was part of the men's group. And so we're all around in um, some restaurant or something. I can't remember where it was. It was a small hole in a wall, but there's probably about 20 of us. And we were talking about um, the turn to the right to bear arms. Okay. And so this guy didn't agree that we had the right to bear arms. And so Eddie laid out a scenario for him. Okay, you come home, you walk in the front door, and you realize that some guy is trying to kill, rape and kill your daughter. What do you do? Now, me, you, I'm sure every one of you, or maybe 99%, would say that if there was a weapon nearby, you'd grab it and beat the snot out of the guy until he didn't breathe anymore. Or if you had access to a gun, you'd shoot him dead. Because that's your daughter. That's your ministry. Your whole family is your first ministry. Okay, you take care of your family first, because if you can take care of your family, God can trust you to take care of other people's and their families. Okay. Um, so this guy, he says, well, I don't think I'd do anything. And then, right away, Eddie was, me too. And I was like, what? And he says, no, he says, because if it's happening, then God meant it to happen. <laughs> and so I said something like, well, don't you think God meant you to be a good father so that you would stop this from happening well no if it's happening then it was probably meant to happen and eddie man he almost came unglued and the rest of us did too after trying to deal with this guy well the pastor stepped in and said you know this is another discussion for another day you know let's just leave this but how do you leave something like that you know um anyway i just got together with eddie and a few other guys and we, we prayed for the guy's family because if he's married, the wife's got a schmuck for a husband and the daughter's got a schmuck for a father. And if he has a son and the son's learning from his father and, you know, this thing is generational. It could pass down, you know, the, 
the evil, um, ill intent of inaction when something is happening bad to your family. My goodness. Um, scripture says that if a man doesn't take care of his family, he's worse than an infidel. You know? And, you know, I guess the guy was an infidel. But um, anyway, so I, I know it kind of branched off on a little tangent there, but it's important to realize that things are under control, that God's taking care of us and taking care of things, and that what we perceive to be our future may not be our future, but to accept that whatever happens in our future was, is supposed to happen. Now, you know, let's just say that uh, some something more minor than, uh, you know, dying or something like that. Let's just say that, you know, you, well, here's an example. When I first got saved, I heard about the rapture. Okay. I heard that Jesus could come any minute and that we better be ready for him. Well, this Goomba decides, well, Jesus is coming any minute. Why should I go out and get a job? You know, I mean, I got to be ready when he comes back. Well, my dad had a problem with that. <laughs> he was like, no, you are going to go out and get a job because it doesn't matter why you don't want to go out and get when you have to learn how to make a living for yourself. And I, you know, I listened to him and I did that, but, um, so just because things might seem in your mind to be right, they may, they may not be And our, what we want isn't necessarily what he wants for our lives. Okay. We have wants and needs. The needs are important. The wants, wants come separately. Okay. Wants are more like desires. Um, I need food on the table. I want a Ferrari. Okay. <laughs> um, but if I don't eat because I spent all my money to buy a Ferrari, I'm going to die. And neither is good for me. Right. So needs and wants are different things. And we need to realize that we we've grown up in a McDonald's fast food drive through world, especially people my age and younger, even younger, it's worse. But, uh, because there was a time when we grew up, there wasn't fast food and you had to eat at home or you went to a restaurant once a week with your family. And, um, some guys got to go more than once a week, but that's another story. Um, but, uh, and we want it right now. And a lot of times I think that hinders our prayer life because we want to see, you know, you pray for this guy cause he's sick and you want to see him healed instantaneously. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a noble thing. It's something that isn't wrong to want an instantaneous healing on somebody you're praying for. But what if God has other plans? Okay, what if what if Yahweh's plans are to let him remain sick so that a member of his family who he hasn't seen in many years will realize, hey, you know, that argument I had with my dad was, was stupid and he's dying now and I got to go see him. You know, whereas if he didn't see him because, or if he, where am I going with this? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what's going with that. Sorry. Um, but his, what God wants is, or Yahweh wants is more important because he knows the long term, the long range plans that he has for our lives. Okay. I remember sitting one time I was, I was going to, um, I was going to school at the time, nursing school and I was a little late or I would be a little late. I, I was still on time, but would be a little late. And I got behind this guy 
I don't like getting behind slow people. And what ticks me off even more is when I'm behind them and they make it through the light and I don't because they were going slow. And uh, so and I started getting mad. I said, oh, because of this jerk, I'm going to be late for school. And, and so I got a quick talking to from the Lord. Okay. Well, whose fault is it that you're late? It's not that guy's fault. You left late. And then this, the, um, the supernatural aspect came in. He says, well, what if you would have been on time? What if that guy in front of you makes it right and gets T-boned? Okay. If you made it through the light, you might have been the one that made the right and got T-boned. Okay. Or, you know, there might be a, a rack up ahead and you wouldn't know it. And you'd run into the car. Uh, you know, all these little scenarios popped into my head to where being on time might have not have been a good idea. You know, we hear stories of people that worked in the World Trade Center and they got sick that day or they decided not to go to work on a whim. You know, I'm just going to take the day off and go fishing, you know, and they didn't go to work and they lived. Okay, I don't see that as being a coincidence. I know that God planned that. Perhaps some of those people, even if they're the most hedonistic people in the world, are destined to be saved someday. God's not going to let them die until their time comes. Okay. Um, anyway, using all these different examples, we've got to realize that his ways are not our ways. His plans are not our plans. Our plans can be his plans if we submit ourselves to him. Listen to him and do what he says. And even then, we don't know fully what his plans are, right? So that's where faith comes in. But um, so, you know, we whether the United States somehow gets redeemed from all the garbage that's going on right now, and we're a prosperous nation again, and the, the New World Order and the deep state just come to a crash and are destroyed and all the people are destroyed, uh, you know, that's our hope, okay? But it not, might not be his plans, okay? Uh, it may be the plans that the United States is brought down, not totally destroyed, but brought down so that we cannot be an influence in the world anymore, okay? Uh, Israel depends on us a little too much. We're faithful and we help them. But until they can receive, uh, reach self-sufficiency, they're, they're going to want from us and from other people, and, and rightfully so. But when you constantly want from other people and expect from other people, you don't get out and try to do stuff for your own. Now, granted, they're a small country and everything, and that's hard to do. But they need to be self-sufficient. And uh, if we're around, maybe we'll, we'll try to prevent Ezekiel 38 39, which is supposed to happen. Okay. Uh, it could be that we're going to become so debased that we're part of those nations that go in. Who knows? Um, against Israel. So don't look at the face value of what's happening today and base your faith or your future on what's happening today because it could change tomorrow. Those of us who grew up under nuclear age, we knew that, you know. You could just be laying there at night sleeping and all of a sudden there'd be a bright flash in your room and a few seconds later your house would be a burning wreck, you know? So sometimes when you live under a fear like that, it's a good thing. 
you know, because you have your priorities straight. When you don't have um, fear or concern to live under, it can it can cause problems actually because you come become lax, you become lackadaisical, and you don't plan for things that could happen. Anyway, I'm going on and on. I'm sorry, but my my whole point is that don't base your future on what's happening today because it could change overnight, could change in the next six months, in the next year. Okay, I found out that out when I got cancer. I was just cruising along, and all of a sudden, the guy came in, said, "Well, your results are back, and you have an adenocarcinoma." I'm like, "Oh man, okay. Well, I think I took it better than a lot of people would." I said, "Okay, what do we do now?" You know, but I could have let it destroy my life. I could have just crumbled and everything else. But you know, hey, it's not my time to go. You're going to fix me, and God's going to use your hand to fix me, okay? And they did, all right? Um, man, with sickness, my life has been a testimony to God's grace. Um, so I didn't know that morning when I woke up that that doctor was going to say that, you know? And what's funny is, you know, when I don't know about you folks. I don't know how old you are or if you thought this way yet, but when you start seeing your friends passing away, especially from COVID, but from natural means, especially, I should say, um, you start realizing that, hey, I'm getting older. And when I was 20, I thought I was going to live forever. When I was 30, I thought I was going to live forever. When I was in, started to be 40, I realized, ah, you know, I still got 20, 30, 40 years. So I'm not going to worry about it. When you get in your 60s, you start thinking, well, if I live to be I'm 62 right now. And if I lived 20 years, I'd be 82. That's really pushing it, <laughs> you know? And uh, so you start thinking, well, I've only got like at the, at the most, maybe more if, if Yahweh blesses me with longer life, but, and good health, because I want that, but um, then I need that. But 20 years, you know, that that's, that starts to, you see, you kind of like see a clock and you see it start ticking you know, and, and you realize, Hey, you know, I've, I want to get this accomplished in my life. I want to get that accomplished in my life. Um, you know, have I told enough people about Yahweh, about Yeshua? Have I led enough people to, to Yahweh Yeshua, you know? And then you start to realize that you have priorities and you got to get stuff done. And thankfully I kind of realized that at a younger age, but, um, it really hits home when you get older. So anyway, so my, my advice would be to, again, don't judge tomorrow by what's happening today. And that's scriptural. Okay. And live your life. Like Jesus is coming. Like Yeshua is coming back in five minutes, but plan for a future. Okay. I know it might sound like a lack of faith. It's really not. And I think that's what Yahweh would have us do. You know, live like the bridegroom is going to come tomorrow. But at the same time, make sure you're out getting oil for your lamp. Okay. All right. That having been said, I'm going to go ahead and close the show. I've been talking for an hour and 43 minutes and I got to get it uploaded. Excuse me, uploaded and do some other things. So um, that having been said, I'm going to go ahead and close out. Um, 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and your coming in. Your lying down and your rising up. May Yahweh give you peace. Amen. Have a good week, folks. And uh, I'll try to get on sooner. Uh, if, we, if I don't, I'll see you on Monday. But chances are I'll get on sooner. Okay? Well, Yahweh bless you. Through his son, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen.